John Cougar. Ah, you did it. Sam, Sam didn't steal it this time. <laughs> Sam didn't steal it. Hello and welcome to Misfits <laughs> on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Stryker. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Aaron. Aaron I- is also an actor. I didn't say it last week. I needed to say it. Okay, this good, good. Thank you. I'm just waiting for my Red Bull to kick in. I'm <laughs> fucking, fucking tired this morning. I don't well, know this how, afternoon. <laughs> I don't know how I'm this energetic. I'm honestly so hungover, but I'm, I'm like, ugh. Props just- to you. This is a rebound. You took all the energy you lacked last week. Yeah. And you and brought I'm it this week. It this That's week. perfect. Perfect. It's uh, perfect. And this week we got a very special show because mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's not technically their first time on the show because they've been in like twelve episodes. Mm-hmm. But first time on the show as guests, we got the guys that made our fucking dope theme song, the Vitos. Woo! Hey, yes, yes. Where are they? <laughs> in my pants. Do you have them on the chat here? What's that? We're who? The Vitos. Oh, yeah. Are you going to be joining us? <laughs> Believe it or not, they are actually... I didn't realize he was going to be doing a bit right off no, the bat. No, that's okay. So. I love bits. <laughs> I I always I always appreciate a good bit. That with yes. Yeah, we, we don't communicate much. We just... We don't fucking tell. We that just, was a horrible bit. We just, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? With the delay and then the awkward silence, it always makes it so much more fun when we have a guest on. And you know what? I loved that I definitely didn't oh, have the yeah. bomb of the episode this week. <laughs> yeah. Spencer didn't bomb this episode, which is fantastic. I feel tension mounting me. I'm liking the mustache. It's kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I have a question for you guys because uh, we got we got a shit ton of questions for mm-hmm. you because you've got an album coming out literally. Th- it's this week, isn't it? Uh, What day is it? The third? Uh, fourth. It, this is the fourth. Uh, t- two weeks. Two weeks. 13 days. Ooh. 13 days. Yes, 13 days. Let's go. How exciting. Oh, that's a good. And this way is to your. Mean. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your this is your debut album, huh? right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. How long is the delay? Just like say something, and I'll say something, and be like, "You tell me." Is it like you'll be like three, it's... four seconds? Okay. So yeah. one time, I was farting and I accidentally <laughs> pooped. We've all been there. Okay yeah. okay. okay. Yeah. We heard you now. That, that was a, it. Was about a half a second. Yeah. I had my stopwatch going. <laughs> oh, okay, that's not bad. It's like, oh man. It's like, no, it's not it's terrible. Like FaceTiming somebody in Denmark. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. It's go. not terrible. So. Okay. Cool. No, and and also with the <laughs> magic of post production, we can take away the delay. <laughs> yes. The, the, oh, that's what. That's why Sam yeah. Sam has the hookiest line of the song. Yeah, the magic right? of Sam. The magic of Sam. <laughs> yeah. What one of my rare contributions to this band? That's true. No yeah. one helped. No one. No one wrote the Sam Sam. Are you shitting me? Okay, so I have a question about that because, like, I was uh, oh, yeah. a. We've been blown away by that, and everybody that listens to the podcast, like from the start, has been like, "That is the coolest fucking theme song for a mm. podcast." Uh, which for those that don't know that are uh, watching on YouTube yeah. land or listening in audio land, uh, we uh, we got a fucking uh, email uh, the one day from you guys and you guys were like, hey, we did something for you. And it was honestly the nicest fucking thing yeah. anybody's ever done for us. It was it was very special for us. We we're 
just a couple guys fucking around, having some fun, and to get that email. Like my, like I said, my heart grew three sizes, and you know, I, I might have an issue in the future, some <laughs> medical conditions going forward, but it was uh, certainly worth it. Aaron's heart grew three sizes, and my penis grew three sizes. <laughs> it's, it's still small. It's still small. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. Yeah. Oh, you Grinch, you. What a coincidence. My butthole is expanded. <laughs> three inches. It's perfect. Dude, it would be like throwing a hot dog down right. a hallway. Exactly. Ah! ah been there. Yep. Old joke. Old yeah, joke. Food fight. Okay, so uh, let's, get, uh, let's get back to the, the start of the vetoes. How did you guys all meet? Uh, well, we we usually yeah. tell a joke about like men seeking men on Craigslist, <laughs> but we are a Craigslist band. These yeah. Nolan and Kirk, the guitarist, were looking for bandmates yeah. on the men seeking men section of Craigslist. Kind of a weird move for a fourteen. <laughs> it's funny. Like, that's the bit we normally do, but to be honest, like we did find each other on Craigslist. Nice. Oh, that's fucking it's hilarious. True. Yeah. true. Kirk, Misconnection. Kirk, Kirk and I had basically exhausted every option of people we knew people in the area that were young wanting to be in a band and the hilarious truth that uh is rarely disclosed or discussed is absolutely nobody wanted to be in a band <laughs> with the current roster of me and kirk <laughs> so, uh, oh that's true yeah, oh yeah that's everybody, true everybody hated. uh yeah kirk was like especially you could never have another guitar player in the band kirk would just scare them away <laughs> like he would just be like nope that, that lick is mine that riff is mine and so it was like we kind of we knew from the beginning it was going to end up being a three-piece in some way shape or form setup or at least a, a single guitar player unit mm. so when we originally put our ad up we were just looking for a bass player slash singer or you know both we'll take a four-piece and uh yeah, man, like we, we ended up getting another guitar player in the mix, like with Brett as well. Yeah, and my best friend from high school found the found the ad and we joined together and we're, we're doing all the jams and stuff yeah. like that. But as Nolan was describing that Kirk is uh, he's the guitar player of the band and nobody else is allowed to <laughs> so. until recently. I just started picking up the guitar and he, uh, believe me, it makes me, it's like, uh, I feel like he, he feels like he's sitting in the corner watching his own wife get fucked <laughs> play the guitar. And, and he's like, I could do it so much better than that. Like, he's like, he's like criticizing my form <laughs> his wife while I'm playing guitar. Go so deeper. Like, so, longer strokes. Towards it. You know, you know, years of therapy, years so, of therapy. But, but the funny part is when Brett came to the band, mm him and his buddy were trying to be two guitar players seeking a bass player and a drummer. Mm. So Brett went out and bought like a super shitty bass and showed up and he's like, I'll do it. Fuck it. I just want to jam. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be in a band. <laughs> this was my first real band where I like, I was playing an instrument. I had one where I sang in uh, at a high school talent show, but that, that doesn't really count. Mm, uh, yeah. uh, but so this is the first, I had I'd been spending like three years, three, four years, in my room, no friends, fucking playing guitar, hoping that the mailman would hear me and be like, this guy fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> From upstairs in my bedroom, like, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, number two. And he's going to his friends and then friends connection, yeah. and that's going to be my life. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, but I was over at my friend's house jamming, uh, 
with the guitar and, and we're like we gotta get a band together we go on craigslist find these assholes the two guitarists don't mesh my friend leaves now it's just the three of us and it has been ever since dude since fucking august 2011 wow. so we're coming on each other's chests <laughs> no we're coming on uh, 12 years we're at 11 and a half years together now that's fucking insane that's crazy man dude in 2011 yeah, i yeah. was uh uh rodeoing and getting hurt horribly yeah and uh and uh you guys were creating magic you were in the rodeo <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> Yeah, especially used to ride. Really? Bull. You rode Bronx. I rode. I rode Bronx and bulls. I I got my head stepped on by a bull when I was fifteen, and it knocked out all my teeth. It really fucking hurt. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, it no sucked. You're so good looking. Which, speaking of rodeo, because this is a connection that we have to the show. Uh, you guys got connected yeah. with uh, Rock Is Dead Records because you were playing the Cloverdale Rodeo. Yeah, dude. Nice segue. Yeah, good, good piece of history there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This guy's like Nardwar, dude. He's doing he all the. Really he's like Nardwar, doing all the deep research. Dude, I did so much research for this episode. Yeah, I was like, I was looking up like every interview where you guys were mentioned. I, I fucking did a deep dive. Do 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 Damn, wow. dude. You went full. You went full Nard. <laughs> but uh, you can see my Nard anytime. Never go full but, Nard. But um, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, so Danny, the drummer of Default, you, you know, one half of Rock is Dead. We call them Rock is Dad. There are Rock is there dead. are <laughs> and uh, they they buy us things for in exchange for like like borderline sex. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, sexual favors <laughs> are involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, they're yeah no. It, it, it makes it's sense. It makes sense. It's the, it's the <laughs> That is how you get a record deal. We, we That's how you get anywhere in this world. Yeah. How do you think I'm on so many TV shows? It's because I got a really good dick sucking mouth. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I've experienced. It. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, dude. You get real good real quick. Yeah. yeah. No, you get really good when there's money on the line. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, just for those of you at home, uh, little fact is Brett started growing a mustache right around the time we signed the record deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Consolation. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah 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 it was in the fine print the so, old tickler uh the old swedish meatball um <laughs> so but yeah they, uh, danny, danny had seen us play at this fucking battle of the bands at a now defunct establishment called the cellar yeah. cellar launch project now the something house yeah it's a weird uh mobby kind of uh hell's angels uh, <laughs> i shouldn't say that probably ever um uh anyways so we played this battle of the bands danny saw us he was a judge that's kind of what he does he'll every time there's a battle of the bands a lot of like a lot of like disgraced musicians will be the judges <laughs> of of the content <laughs> um <laughs> and, so just uh, like comedy contests where they're like hey the local radio morning host <laughs> so, is gonna he's be the never guy. gonna watch this yeah. is vocabulary so off today uh, it's bad yeah <laughs> america's uh, got but, talent uh, <laughs> he saw us at this battle of the beds uh and he liked us and then uh i think it was like the next night or maybe a couple nights later he was uh at the rodeo with his family and we had got a gig there uh 
you know, at a 9 p.m. doing uh, an outdoor stage. And uh, yeah, he was with his wife and kids. And he's like, hey, that's those are those guys from the other night. And he came up to us. He's like, hey, I love, I think you guys have a kind of a cool sound. Like, this is back, like, we had, this was pre probably anything you've heard on Spotify or anything like that. We had a bunch of like really well, hilarious. The, the funny part about that show too was like, you know, like he had seen us play and do our thing at the cellar, which was great. And, you know, this high energy bunch of teenagers. But <laughs> what, what, what even went further at the show that he saw is that Kirk used to do this bit where he'd stand up on top of his amp and solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this happens, to, and this is on like an elevated fucking plywood stage with like very minimal support. So it's really bouncy and shit. It's not going to go. And well. Kirk has absolutely no wheel locks on this cab. So he fucking gets up there in the middle of his solo and falls backwards and unplugs the entire <laughs> fucking stage. As the, as the this. Like, and so like, and, and you know, I'm drumming there like a fucking jackass. It's just him. And, and, and I'm, I'm yelling. Like, and like, you know, they're going back to their amp or Brett is for a second trying to see if his fucking amp like blew out or something. And he doesn't notice Kirk is like getting up from like the the ground below the stage like three feet below and yet somehow danny craig still comes up and he's like he's yeah like, here's my card yeah i really liked you guys he's like you got the yeah. stuff yeah that's so yeah, you guys you guys have that star factor <laughs> you guys are in your that reminds me of the destroying story stages at a, at a municipal event oh i love you yeah that's, that's how and then, yeah, then so we recorded a few songs with Danny, and he's had a few iterations of this. Like, he's always kind of wanted to have a label, and uh, he's been, uh, I mean, he's just a, he's an incredible producer, man. I, you've heard the, you've heard the singles, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they're pretty, pretty rad. Every, actually, everything we have out was mixed uh, and produced by, by yep. Danny. Except for the Miley Cyrus cover, we recorded that at home, but he still makes it. He still it. makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, that is a fucking banger yeah. of a cover. <laughs> yeah, fuck it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, it's a good cover. It's a horrible album cover. Though. Yeah, it's a horrible artwork. Yeah. <laughs> Regrets. Okay, what I was going to say, the it funniest part about uh, imagining Kirk falling off the stage is that he was doing so in high heels is like the, that's the thing that was like on my mind. I was like, so not only is he standing on this amp, but he's also like in the worst shoes you could possibly do it in. Yeah. That actually, Dude, that's Kirk very honestly me. has worn the worst shoes notoriously in this band. Like this kid fucking destroys shoes every three weeks. Like, in some, I was like, Oh, I got these new boots. And then the entire soul is like disjointed at the front. And but he insists on getting these like fucking shoes that were made by a cobble, like elves in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, he, he gets like for some reason he gets like fucking homemade shoes that are like classy as fuck, and they cost him six hundred dollars. He visits the cobbler, right? like he rides his bike in them. Shit, ties his shoes so goddamn tight that like I swear to God, like the grommets are overlapping each other like there's no lace in between on the you know on the toe of his foot it's completely tight and he like soaks them in hot boiling water after so they take mold to his feet he's got athlete's foot like a couple times <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a weird thing last. to be passionate about 
He's fucking going to yeah, Daniel Day Lewis's cobbler to get the fucking fetish. <laughs> get the proper shoes. The proper shoes. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, a cobbler yeah. is a shoemaker. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, we have a very educated audience. Okay, yeah. they know what a cobbler yeah, is. Yeah, because it's fucking 1845. <laughs> Cobblers are everywhere. <laughs> Peach cobbler. Yeah. Peach cobbler's pretty fucking good, actually. Right? Go for your, one right now. Listen, cobbler. all of our fans in Chile right now know what a cobbler is. <laughs> yeah, Chile still has cobblers. Anyway. Chile oh, still yeah. has cobblers. Oh, Chilean yeah. cobblers. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Congratulations. Thank you. These guys are the number one podcast in Chile. <laughs> fucking awesome music canadian music history podcast in chile we have have exactly one listener we have exactly one listener i skipped over a few choice words you missed a couple details but you know what i'll take that title i have i have no shame in saying it's not it's not official from anywhere it's official from spencer's mouth like three weeks ago that's true but i i Um, am knowledgeable yes about the charts it's true and where we are at in the charts yes. the charts okay <laughs> okay so uh uh we have another connection too because you guys also opened for kenny versus spenny yes we were just talking about that the uh yeah clearbrook yeah was that what it was cranbrook no clearbrook that's a street in abbott somewhere yeah uh it wasn't there. It was. It was in like Interior BC. It I thought was, it was Cran. It was close to Cranbrook. Okay. Well, anyway, that was, I think it's kind of irrelevant. We actually <laughs> closed. Are you? Yeah. 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 We went yeah, on yeah, after. Yeah. We're the headliners in this. Scenario. No, no, yeah. we're not yeah. the headliners. We're the DJ that comes on when everyone doesn't give a fuck, and it's exactly. Wednesday night. It's all over. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's funny. We. I don't know. I can't remember even how we got that. I think we just, like, we really wanted it. And we were on tour, and we were, like, Art, we got Art our... Us. Oh, yeah. Art called us? Yeah, like, like we, we had this nice. agent we used to work with, like, this... Like, again, another kind of Yoda in our life. Like, Danny was like, guys, you're not gonna fucking believe this. You guys are gonna open for Kenny versus fucking... Spenny. Yeah, yeah. In two days from now. That's how he talks on the phone. Like he talks like he's like, <laughs> boys, I'm not fucking kidding. You got air pockets in your fucking back <laughs> that you can access and you can yeah. scream there. Yeah. And, and, and then he's like, watch this. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was all fucking air pockets. That's funny. Could, I'm not even out of breath right now. I could, yeah. <laughs> so he got us he got yeah. us in <laughs> we had so many fucking weird shows on that tier too but that was like that was our second or third to last show before we mm. finally coming home yeah and it was a it was a dream come true dude even just like kenny like neither of them were fucking feeling it that day you could tell like kenny was in the parking lot smoking and he's just like we're like hey dude we're like it was our dream come true to meet him he's like yeah hey <laughs> you can tell he was just fucking it, like oh yeah yeah but uh i think we i think we had light, a smoke light, with him yeah light, light smoke i still got the lighter and uh <laughs> lucky dick. yeah that's right it's in a container it's yeah. actually yeah it's in that room over there nice wait really he's got a yeah, shrine a candy, a candy shrine but that's yeah right. dude it's our it's our fucking absolute favorite show it's like one of the first things like we bonded over and we we'd smoke weed and just like he'd sleep over at, no one sleep over at my house yeah. and we just like binge 
Kenny versus oh, Fanny. Oh, man. Like, episodes and episodes. Like, we've seen every episode, like, oh. 10 times. Oh, dude. Some yeah. more. Yeah. So, so like, we should be anticipating everyone. a, a grandpa funny, grandpa at, cover. At the end of the show, or like right kind of as we went on, um, Spenny was like, "Hey, you guys can have what's left of the green room once we're once we're gone." <laughs> yeah, he let us pick. There is oh man, like green room. there was razors, there rocks, there was a like a couple two sixes still left. They had like an un-fucking-believable amount of beer. It was, like, over 90 or something. <laughs> Dude, that's actually like, surprising because so when like, I opened for them, uh, there was nothing left in the green room after <laughs> Spenny was done. He fucking drinks like crazy. Yeah. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, I had yeah, one beer that night. Yet, one. Yeah. One beverage. That I mean, was it. I mean, I would drink two if I was Canada's favorite punching bag. <laughs> For twenty years, I would also, I would That's also drink true, heavily. Yeah. Dude, and how weird is it that like there are people that should be more hateable, yet he's just he's just <laughs> the one that we're all like, yeah, yeah. fuck this guy, <laughs> fuck this douchebag. Definitely, it's he's got a face. He's got the yeah, face. he's got one. He's got one of those faces. <laughs> you know, he's got a very hateable face. That's why Kirk's not here. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I've ever seen Kirk no, dude, we can... speak. You seen him what? I've never seen Kirk speak. Oh, yeah. No, oh. he doesn't. Yeah. It, it's for He's the mute. best. We don't let him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so toxic. He's like, the... we just come on this podcast. Like, do we get have a whole episode of just shit talking, Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> So you guys are beaten down on Helen Keller by the sounds of it. Helen, <laughs> Helen Keller with good shoes. <laughs> no, no, he can yeah. see. Oh, yeah. oh, you can see. That's good. Yeah. It's good to know he's, he can see the shoes yeah, he's can't, wearing. can't hear. <laughs> but some of the times you'd think that he didn't see the shoes he's yeah, wearing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he, he can see, but he still has, still has bad taste. <laughs> Oh fuck. Okay, so I wanna uh I wanna jump back to like early vetoes. Um how did you guys come up with the name vetoes? Oh man. Dude, it, it was like it, it was shitty. It was we were under pressure because we had a gig and we had no name. <laughs> and so like Brett called me one night. He's like, Oh man, I know. Let's just call it after fucking Kirk's grandpa. And we all called him Vito. <laughs> Because he looks like Vin, uh, Vincent Margera. V- Vincent Margera, Bam Margera's uncle. No! Bam. Because he talked. Yeah. Like, I'm no, 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 no. Abacus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we thought Kirk's grandpa looked like. And he kind of does <laughs> without the lazy eye. And yeah. uh, not so much and, anymore. But and he's he a did. good person, too. <laughs> he's a very nice man. Yeah, he's yeah, not grabbing teenagers' butts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. He's uh, as far as we know, he's never molested an underage. It's, it's kind of funny. It's not funny, but he he like he he's never loved the name. Like he always it kind of stuck with him. You know, he didn't like being compared to that. But then like we we're just like, dude, you're now like the fucking flag of this band, man. Like this is a this is an honor. You know, you're you're in the fucking Vito's Ring of Honor right now, and, and so now he gets it. Oh, perfect. And we. Misspelled it too. Like obviously, it's supposed to be V I T O. I think is the Italian. Yeah. But V-E-T-O. V-E-T-O. Yeah, like Nick's Nick's that opinion mm-hmm. sort of thing. But uh, we spelt we chose the the spelling that um, everyone pronounces Vidos to the point where 
at, at a certain gig, it might have even been Kenny versus Bentley. Some girl came up to us and was like, hey, does the name, is it like a little um, mashup of vibrators and, and dildos, like the vibrating dildos? Yeah. Is that what your name means? <laughs> and we're like, and then we're like, you know what? Now that you mention it. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> you're at a you're at a Spencer's gift store. You're like, oh, that's a perfect name yeah. for the band. <laughs> you see a vibrating. The vibe yeah, It's like <laughs> sometimes it just writes itself. It does. It does. <laughs> and it just stuck. It like we, you know, we had a, that gig, which was at our local hockey rink mm-hmm. for a Langley Riverman game. Mm-hmm. Then we ended up playing like a our thirty hour famine at our high school, and it just stuck, man. We the just, rest is history. We just kept going. We, like we've thought so many fucking times about rebranding we're like holy fuck people spelling and all that shit but we uh we we got working with this new manager and stuff and he was like dude you guys have search engine optimization with this fucking shit seo like, baby he's like what are you doing he's like you struck a gold mine you guys are the only result so we're like okay fuck it let's do it <laughs> you know. Keep it's it going. Like a dyslexic person we, can't we, write video, and they find <laughs> someone with dyslexia can't write video, and they find your fucking band. It's dude, perfect. <laughs> literally, dude, like no joke. We had a song back in the day. We had a song called "Sex Potion," and it's by, and of course, it's by the Vitos. So, but it got it got like hundred thousand hits because all these fucking idiots online were trying to Google sex position videos. Yeah, dude, literally like, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. But that's, that is 100% true. And same with the car trouble music video. It has so many hits because people are Googling car trouble video. They're they're just like, they're like, it's like some asshole is like, my car is in trouble. And And he goes on YouTube and like types it in. I need videos to to diagnose this. The thumbnail is the girl with the hood open. Yeah, they see a girl in a car. They're like, oh, perfect. So it's like, there's like a hot blonde chick. And then uh, it just, that's, that's how we... That's how anyone knows any of our music. It's perfect. Yeah. It's typos, specifically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we rely on it for business. I mean, I mean, you say that's how everyone knows your music, music, but I know your music because I, I saw you guys at Rockin' for Dollars, December 2018, and I swear to God, it was not only the like set of the night, it's one of the best sets I've ever seen at Rockin' for Dollars. For those that don't know that are listening, oh, shit. you with Rockin' for Dollars, uh, bands will come up, they'll do two of their own songs and then a cover. And the cover is like themed around the night. Mm-hmm. The night that the Vitos were on, it was Shania Twain themed. <laughs> and they did, I'm not kidding, the fucking coolest cover of Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Like it was, it was so high energy. Uh, but <laughs> I thought it was so funny because nobody was expecting that at all. Like it was just, and, and, uh, yeah, like you guys attack the stage with so much energy. Like I have to say anybody that's out there, if you can go see these guys live, uh, like at the album release party, maybe in Ooh. Vancouver, uh, yes, fucking do it. Cause, uh, yeah, you guys are like a force to be reckoned with on stage. Damn. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. We you really want to bring the heat at Rocket for Dollars, man. There's just a there's the energy. Well, I, unfortunately, like you just told us 
off camera that they fucking closed it down. Well, Rocket for Dollars is still going, but is it? Is it? It's just not at Broken, but they still have Rocket for Dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's at Inner City. Where are they doing it? Oh, okay. Have you been? Is it any? No, I haven't. But I'm going this uh, Wednesday because uh, some friends of the show, the Sunstrokes, are going to be on. Mm -hmm. So, cool. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, yeah, definitely let us know how that is. Like, I'm a little skeptical because uh, Broken City just had such a vibe, but I don't know where he's going. There was something uh, about the bathrooms there, man. When you come in and there's like no toilet paper holders, it's all sitting on the either the ground or the back of the toilet. Yeah. Like it was, the stalls are half like, hanging on. There's something, this graffiti everywhere. There's something romantic about that. There was a hole in the mirror in, in the men's room. There was a hole in the mirror that looked out at the window, which was right beside the sidewalk. <laughs> like that's how you know that an establishment is good is when you can be peeing and somebody's watching you while they're walking by on the street. <laughs> Literally, dude, and not to mention no locks on the stall, so you're shitting, you're shitting like that. <laughs> which, which I think is optimal position, according to the doctors. That's true. You gotta have your knees up, you gotta have your knees high that's and legs spread. Yeah, that's the only way to shit, actually. <laughs> that's how our ancestors did it, boys. <laughs> aim for the hole, aim for that's the hole. Dude, I knew it. How uh okay, uh you guys are having some Guinness. I guess we should have mentioned the beer that we're drinking uh at the top of the yeah, show. Yeah, what are you guys drinking today? Uh we are drinking from our official non-official sponsor of the podcast, Cabin Brewing. Uh Top Cabin Shelf. Brewing. It's a uh whiskey sour ale. Um I actually had this the other day cuz Sam works there, so he gave me a little behind the scenes tour. Um it's like a lemon <coughs> is it a lemon meringue pie beer? And then barrel aged. It's fucking super tasty. Um, Holy shit! Damn. It's like eight percent, eight point four percent alcohol. Oh my god! I'm already, I already drank all mine. Is this your first oh. episode of the day? Wait, what? Is, is this your first episode today? Uh, yeah, we're we're only doing one today now because the other group uh, that we're interviewing, oh. we're doing them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Next Saturday, though, we have an early morning because oh, we're god. interviewing a comic from the UK. Uh, about his special that just oh, came shit. out, and then we're interviewing Faris Haitia, who's yeah. gonna be in here. So we're gonna actually have our first guest in, in the room with us. That'll be fun. Which that's gonna be weird. But the the first time we tried to do a double header, we got fucking drunk, and we had to we had to we had to we had, <laughs> I remember it. We had to closet the episode because we got so fucking hammered it went off the rails. <laughs> it was rough. We would have gotten sued so hard for what we were talking about in yeah, that episode, like. There's no way that we wouldn't have gotten a libel suit against yeah. us by somebody who yeah. we both had. No, I, I, uh, said, I said, some, said some bad things that episode. I yeah. Got, I would have gotten in trouble. I think we yeah. wished death upon someone, which was weird because we were doing Mac Miller. And then we and then we got all sad because yeah. Mac Miller just dead. So yeah. it was it was a roller coaster. Yeah. It was a bad episode. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll I, release it. One day I would like to just. Just send that to me personally. I, would love to <laughs> I, will, I will never leave it. But we got a really good clip I'm about Spencer. I'm such a Spencer. fan. I won't that episode. Yeah, we got a good clip about Spencer sleeping through a terrorist attack. And that was like <laughs> the biggest video we've had so far. So. <laughs> Which, it's true. Uh, okay, go. so I have okay. a question. Because you guys, you guys spent like a year in Toronto uh, living out of your van and just doing shows. So... Were you there the year that the terrorist attack happened? Yeah, what year were you there? Um, 
can't remember. So we got there in, we arrived in Toronto in September 1st, 2019, 2018, 18. Yeah. So that's, I moved there the, like the exact same, exact same day. I think two days earlier. Yeah. I moved, I moved to Toronto. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I moved. Holy with shit. This guy. Really? Yeah. It would have been 2018. I yeah. moved. Because we were we were literally tossing a frisbee on Young Street at one in the morning, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, when later. we found no out kidding. like we were like bonding over Mac Miller, and then the next day we found out he was dead, and we were like, oh, yeah, oh. that was depressing. That was depressing, but Dude. it was also weird because I think that Mac Miller was coming to say bye to us. Yeah, I think he knew. <laughs> I think he, he knew. Did. Yeah, he we was like these priority. two fucking idiots. Yeah, we were his top priority. These two idiots in Toronto <laughs> playing a children's game in the street. Yeah, the busiest street in Canada. But that's that that's funny that we we were there at the same time. That's a uh, that's interesting. Hell yeah. Okay, that's right, dude. That's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but yeah. But it's like I remember now that you mentioned it. Like I remember getting that news while we were driving out there. Like whatever, we were probably in Thunder Bay or something at that point. If it was a couple <laughs> days before, like yeah. a couple days after you guys got there. That like yeah, I kind of remember that. I was just like, damn, it it was a that was a hard that was a hard time. Spencer doesn't remember it either in life because he was sleeping. <laughs> Spencer slept fucking through it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't remember a terrorist attack. I oh, do remember that, Mac Miller's death. That, no, that guy in the van fucking uh, ran through all those people like up the up the like it was probably a oh, couple shit. kilometers away from where we lived. And like everybody was hitting up Spencer. I was texting Spencer. Like I was like, "Dude, like you okay?" Like it just said Young Street, and then Spencer didn't answer anybody because he was fucking asleep. He so was I woke cold. up. At, I woke up at like two in the afternoon, and I just have like literally a hundred messages and missed calls from people, and they're like, "Holy fuck, are you okay?" And I was staying at a different part of Toronto, Jesus. anyways, at this time. So I was like, I I wouldn't like have Holy known shit. anyways. But then I, I I see all these messages, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then I like turn on Facebook and people are marking themselves safe and I'm like, uh, what what happened? And then oh yeah, God. turns out a dude killed twenty five people. Yeah, was uh, it that many? I think yeah. it was less than dude. that. Dude, yeah, he fucking drove over twenty five people. Yeah. No, my anxious mother That's was even up, more anxious to let me move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a question then. When you guys were in Toronto, like. You guys just spent the whole year like doing shows. How do you think that helped with like, uh, like building your stage presence more? If you were like strictly doing shows for a whole year, well, we um, this is like we we like to talk about this a lot because there's there's a lot of, of factors at play. But like, just when you go out there, the music scene is so it's different. It's way different than it is out here. It's way different than it is. I think anywhere in Canada, obviously like there's a, there's a sort of, they, they hold themselves to a higher regard. We're Toronto. They, they have like this, there's this like, whatever. Actually they say we're Toronto. Like <laughs> the center, the yeah, center they go, of Canada. We're, hey, we're Toronto. <laughs> they go like, kind of like that. They're like, mm, we're Toronto. We're Toronto. We're Toronto. Have that, but it's great. There's so many, there's so many fucking, so many good musicians. Um, we kind of learned to dial it back a little bit. I know you were just like bragging about how fucking, you know, off balls to the walls. Like we are like, and we still are, but like, that's a small sample. Like broken city is a small sample size. Cause you get 10 minutes to blow the fucking doors off. 
And it's like, we really learned how to fucking command a room from the people that we watched in Toronto <clears throat> at all the little open mics and stuff. Like there's, the, there's certain people that go up and you can just hear a fucking pin drop yeah. because of how just much respect there is in the room for what this person's doing on the stage and how fucking good they are at doing it. It made us like, so we, the first six months or not, maybe not even six, maybe first three or four months, we'd go up there and just do what you're saying. Fucking slam it out, bring the heat Two songs, fucking, you know, rip the roof off the place. And then you'd see this fucking singer songwriter go up and just nobody's saying a fucking word. And you're kind of like, oh, there's maybe a little bit something to that as well. So we kind of we kind of learn to balance and push and pull moments of the set mm -hmm. where there's intensity. And then, you, you know, it's got to be like a movie. There's got to be acts in it and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah, I guess that's the long fucking winded rambly twisty turdy answer to your question. I mean, it's kind of funny because like um, even just like circling back to like rocking for dollars, like. <laughs> we had played rockin' for dollars a few times before, like even you got caught our set there with the Shania Twain thing going on. And the funny thing is like when we had come to play that set, we had just finished up living on the bus for three or four months by that time do oh, doing, right. doing nothing but going to those type of events mm -hmm. in Toronto where it's like there's kind of a built in like, you know, music community kind of thing. And, and, and like, yeah, like it'd be like one, we do one different one every day of the week. So like Mondays would be at uh, the Painted Lady. Uh, Tuesdays would be down. B-side? Uh, no, was that no Wednesday? I think Wednesdays was B-side. Piston. Uh, yeah, Super Piston, Mark. Dakota Tavern. Yeah. Uh, the Hideout was one on Tuesdays. There you go. That um, was the one. Yeah, like, like there's a whole bunch of them. So like we just we just did this like circuit and it was always the same group of people kind of going through the same shows so like you you'd really <clears throat> you'd see everybody there and everybody would be jamming together they'd be sharing instruments that's true yeah you jump up on stage yeah it, it's open mic you right? know it was, it was very very open micy. so yeah. what's what's funny is like when we came back for that uh shania twain cover set show we had like done this competition at christmas for that we'd fly anywhere to go play like their new year's eve party <laughs> essentially in their living room and we ended up going to Calgary for that. And so we were like, fuck it, we're here. Let's let's just go down for Rockin' for Dollars. And it was it was really funny. I, I can't remember if we maybe did we already learn? Did we already have man, I feel like a woman? No, we had to learn it because of the Shania Twain. Night. Yeah, so so yeah. that's I think we played it like once before we left Toronto. <laughs> Holy and then we shit. headed right to Calgary. It's such a fun song. Yeah. Dude. It's like it's just one of the best songs ever. It's such a good fucking song. Yeah, I have a but yeah. I, no, it was, it was like even coming to Rockin' for Dollars, we had like a very different perspective coming into it that time versus the other times that we had done it. Because we like even Rockin' for Dollars, we were so uh, it was so new to us. Like this built-in music community that goes for these just relentless shows of craziness and awesomeness. That there's nothing like that in Vancouver, and mm. there's you know that there's that one there in Calgary. There's that there's a whole bunch of them in Toronto. It's it's a very cool similarity that those two things share. Mm -hmm. Well, and I yeah. think that when so you... So there's even more of a... 
gonna have a fun time editing this one. Oh, dude, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Sam's gonna have—he's uh, gonna earn his paycheck this week. Let's just say his paycheck of zero dollars of zero dollars, giving us beers. Yeah, he gives us—he actually pays us technically. To yeah, do this with, podcast, with alcohol, which is fair. Um, we'll doing, send him a shirt. There doing those shows though that uh, have a built-in audience is like—it's—it's it's a whole. It, it it does help you, I think, develop as an artist. Like I'm, I'm taking this from like a comedian perspective. Like for instance, at Broken City, there used to be Comedy Monday Night, mm-hmm. which every single Monday mm-hmm. it was like you know a lot of the same people coming in, but it was such a fucking built-in community, and people were like excited to see you develop your act, you know. And so yeah. I think like totally. when you get totally. to do those types of shows regularly where you're going in there's a built-in audience you're the fucking you're the underdog in a in a way you know mm-hmm. but people are there to support you because they're there to go see like something really cool i think it puts into perspective a mm-hmm. lot of like your creation like creative process as well because you're no longer just thinking like yeah. okay what's going to be a hit you're like what is going to be fun for me and then have the crowd have that same level of fun and enjoyment dude fucking totally man that's that's so nail on the head yeah for you it's like how do i like you're not just i mean obviously you're going out there to fucking kill but you're also wanting to throw some curveballs like you want to defy expectations and that's like that's what we learned to do and like the the people that we've kept up with from toronto a lot of a few of them are like it was a pleasure watching you grow right like yeah like you what you said was so nail on the head I don't need to really add anything to it, but that's, I just thought that was a beautiful thing you just said, and uh, I'm going to cry now. Oh, man. <laughs> what, one thing I found interesting you, all of you, you said, you said too, was about finding your like balance as a performer. I think that's super important yeah. as yeah. well. I, I thought that was a really good point. It's like, you know, you could either be – you can do that high-energy stuff all the time, but there's also a lot of value in controlling a crowd – um, you know, doing like a, like a, like a, you know, a slow song or something like that. It reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of, uh, Tracy Chapman singing fast car at Wembley stadium. And like you could yeah, dead okay. silent. Everybody's just dead focused on her. She had so much power and she's singing, you know, just her and her guitar. And that's also a really powerful way to control an audience as well i thought it was a really great point i got goosebumps just from you telling me that because i just imagined <laughs> yeah. it and i went oh my there's god like, there's like seventy thousand people there watching her and you could you couldn't hear any of them she's up there with a the guitar just saying yeah. it was brilliant yeah, yeah it's such a fucking good song oh, that's, that's always been one of me and his favorite songs it's we'll, a great we'll song go for yeah, long too, bad, too bad that dance yeah. track they did a dance Make remix out. of it and it butchered it i don't know if you ever heard the dance remix it's terrible oh. it's like it's like my old man oh, got a no. problem it's like yeah <laughs> try to get a job the way Leah said body's too old for work and whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> body too young to look like <laughs> drop the bass that's exactly what it sounds like that was actually perfect actually we did it better and I think that that should just be released as a single that's our debut album yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, on a more, uh, like serious note here, uh, because like, obviously you guys have been together since 2011. Um, you have a lot of singles that you've released and this is going to be your debut album, but what is your, how often are you guys rehearsing? Cause I heard in a clip that you guys rehearse six days a week, but 
what's your rehearsal to writing balance? Well, we it we got tight by rehearsing six days a week yeah. and then we're able to maintain that uh we, we put that work in so that we can come back and hit it for a couple of weeks and be show ready like so we we get together i think three or four times a week um and but that's that doesn't always mean playing sometimes it's just a meeting and programming the show or but working the, out new parts or yeah. extending arrangements. And it's just like, it's a lot more when we did, we're hitting the six times a week. It was like, we'd go in for three hours and we just fucking rip the, the set, set over, 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 and over and over and over again. And I think, like I said, it, it just bought, it just gave us the ability to, um, we, we, it, it eliminated a lot of, uh, it, we can communicate kind of way fucking quicker now because yeah. we're just like, we know all the cues even if it's a new song, we're kind of like, okay, we have like shorthand, like steno- court stenographer fucking shorthand for like, okay, you got to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. trim the shit. We cut arrangements. It's a whole shebang. Yeah. But so, yeah, we don't practice that much anymore. Until we need to play for yeah. the show. And then we'll hammer, we'll hammer it. But um, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we, I think, it took a long time to learn that that's what you can do is you can, you can um, take like, honestly, when we wrote this record, we rarely practiced. I would say we probably practice once, once a week in the living room, just, you know, go through, we play some covers and just have some, have a few stay beers tight. and have, have some fun to stay tight. But we, when we wrote the record, we, it was right during the pandemic. We're closed into a house and we just, we're, each in our own little spaces and rooms and just emailing tracks through to each other. And then, you know, when he was, when I was working, he'd be at home recording drums for a demo that I did. And then we'd send it over to Kirk, replace the guitars. It's a whole thing. That's like, that's how the album was written. And I, yeah, like I, I can, I can remember like having three or four practices over that span of six months. Wow. Yeah. It was mainly just us kind of listen kind of it was almost it was so important for us to especially during that pandemic we're in a house together we're locked in a house together it was it's it was me kurt nolan and nolan's partner all fucking locked into a house together and uh you had to carve out that space for yourself so we'd go for walks listen to our own music and stuff and then when we started creating music it was each each guy had his own like in like like little box of influences that we'd all been listening to and we'd send that all around to each other and just feed off each other's influences very rarely were we ever listening to the same music or it it was was never really written together like we'd never take takes together it was always yeah it was always shopped around the parts each individual sent to the other Mm -hmm. while all under the same room if yeah we, we we also all used three different complete recording setups to do so Ooh, that's true yeah. so like wow. i use pro tools which would send brett he would use GarageBand, and then kirk would be on logic garage band <laughs> computer style yeah, yeah. brett did everything off his cell phone though so. yeah every every demo i ever do is on my phone oh that's it's so fucking the funny. funnest way to record. oh that's cool yeah yeah so your even your you're... guys theme song i believe was off his phone oh, literally the whole theme song, yeah, that was that's a garage band. Everything about that was a part of my 
Yo, yeah. that's insane. That's so fucking cool. But okay, so I have to go back for a second because <laughs> mm-hmm. what it kind of sounds like is like you're you're rehearsing, like your your writing process is is a part of your rehearsal. Like that is and you're, you're constantly like mm-hmm. writing and rewriting. Now, I have a question because the album, you guys finished recording it end of uh 2021. Um mm-hmm. so uh, I know as a comedian, like I'm constantly fucking rewriting bits and it, it's driving me crazy because yeah. my album that I released four years ago, I have better tags now for those jokes. And I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. But I also, when I record something, I put it out right away because I'm like, I don't want to have to think about it now in a year and a half. Have you guys had yeah. like anything on the album that you've been like, fuck, I want to change that now. Yeah. What, what would you say? I mean, like, for me as far as like the arrangements go on the song like especially like working with danny and stuff our philosophy has always been like the single the songs they are gonna have the least amount like we're gonna trim as much fat off them as we can like it's not gonna be like double this section or you know like longer like arrangements and stuff like that and that's kind of where we have a little bit more fun live where we get to kind of lean into those ideas a little bit harder Mm -hmm. but the album's Mm -hmm. like generally pretty tight on all those things for me like i think the only thing is what would we do to make it sound different right like this the the, even the album we have coming out is like a snapshot of how we decided to record it at danny's and stuff and 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 i love it Mm -hmm. the thing is is just like you could you could imagine what would it sound like if you did exactly the same takes in a different room in a wood cabin because like yeah that's so because like when we were shut in writing this we really we really had a different idea of what it would sound like. The Danny got a hold of it and he's like, okay, we're putting distortion on everything, the vocals, yeah. the drums. And that's, that's how we came up with our, uh, this made up genre that we think we are called sludge pop. It's just, it sounds like pop songs with just layers and layers of sludge over top of everything. Semen. Semen. Yeah. Big old, just Semen loads pop. blown over. Every, <laughs> all, all the microphones. And, and usually you get uh, semen from your yeah. pops. Oh, <laughs> Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, exactly. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of pineapple juice was consumed in the making of this. Album. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and Mountain Dew. Um, and, but yeah, like, uh, and Mountain Dew. we, we kind of had this bit, we really wanted it to sound like, uh, more natural, like live instrumentation. Like we wanted it to sound like a wood cabin. It was supposed to be a way quieter record than it turned out to be. Oh, it shit. was like it was it was very because yeah. like the, just the vibe around the house was all um i mean it was there was a little bit of it was kind of somber but it was also us like like i said before like just like how would this sound stripped down in an open mic setting like you want to hear the room you want to yeah. hear the reverb like and was, so we yeah we were really thinking it was going to be a much quieter more well, laid back record the, the than funny it really part about the volume of the record is this is the first time since the first set of singles we ever did with Danny, we went to use the same mastering guy, mm. which is down in LA. His name's Tom Baker. So that guy did Horseshoes, Shoe Bomb, and Car Trouble, which are really, really fucking loud They're songs. Loud, yeah. Mm. And, but it, like you look at like Perfect Stranger or Ice Cream or especially Criminals um, or, you know, <laughs> anything else that's come out since then before the album, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's like it's, it, it's tight, it's punchy. 
it's not like screaming though, but we were like, fuck it, let's go back to that guy. So this, we, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with imagining a quiet record. He was really like, yeah, man, let's get the fucking loudest guy in the industry. <laughs> and, and like, I swear to God, like, like, like when we were first sent the album by like from Danny and shit, we'd open it and like iPhone files or Dropbox, wherever the fuck it was. And like the songs, the bits, we're completely straight. The bars. way the waveform is just a fucking solid slug. Oh, there's no, there's no yeah. pizza valleys no, whatsoever. Just, yeah. Like a fucking lightsaber, man. It's like, yeah. and we were kind of like, okay, that's the sound. Like that's the sound of the record. Yeah. Now it's like, it's it's huge. You could you could tell when Danny started engineering it and finding tones and when the distortion was on and everything. We're like, okay, yeah. the the quiet thing is out. Like that's uh, we need to we need to move to fucking whatever yeah. Albuquerque to get a quiet sound. Like it's exactly. not gonna happen here in Danny's garage. Danny's garage uh, recorded the whole thing uh, literally in a garage uh, yeah. studio that he spent thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of dollars on, mind you. But it, it is literally just the garage of his family home, uh, and we were shut in there for six weeks. Yeah, I don't even remember what the original question was. I just got so excited. <laughs> That's okay. There is something. There is something. I guess that takes. I guess a little bit of um, humbleness too from your guys' end is to take your original vision and let your hands go away mm-hmm. from it and let somebody else you trust put their imprint on it as well. And you know, you have to have a, a certain amount of trust with your producer to you know let them imprint their vision on totally top man, of your totally vision man. and trust the process. Right. That's yeah. a, that's not an easy thing to do. Fucking a, well, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it, it's no, it's right. funny. Like with Danny from the beginning, like, especially when we were young, the thing he would always hold over is he'd be like, well guys, you know, I sold a million records. So. <laughs> <laughs> he always, he'll always remind us of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we picked up a few tricks along the way. So we've like, even on this last record, we earned a couple veto cards yeah we're, yeah we're like no man fuck you this is <laughs> yeah. and and he learned to love it man and like yeah. i swear to god like we're one of the, the few occasions that we learned to love it even like with one bad son which was danny's very first band that he had some success with on their first full-length album i think it was retribution blues i i I, I could be wrong, but it, it, I think it's that one. He said he fucking hated it. Mm. And he was just like, no, no way we're doing this. You know, kick it off. And fucking, you know, it was one of their biggest hits off that first album. So yeah, he should have never told us that. Because once yeah. once we heard that, we're like, okay, there's room for this man to be wrong. Which we earn and hold on to very fucking desperately. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's I remember what I was gonna say. I'm circling back to Nolan's point about like when you said what would you change maybe off the record or anything like that. Like yeah, that was well put. I think I think in our environment, you you're you're allowed to let the songs grow and become something else other than what the the de- the recording is on the record. And it's only gonna get more so like as we move through phases of this band where. The sounds are changing. We got to change the set list up. And even if we wanted to bring in a song that's like doesn't fit the vibe of the set list, we might have to kind of change the instrumentation or the vibe or the tempo or the whatever the fuck. Like you get to kind of sculpt it after the fact, which is like I know as a comedian, that's not necessarily always the case. You kind of 
you kind of burn that material when you put a record yeah. out. Um, until unless you get, you know, unless you get a really killer. T- you do see some guys recycling the same premise, but then fucking hitting it from a different angle and having a way better tag years down the road. Well, and you also you're see- like, oh, he's doing a he's doing a classic, but he's but he's. It, that's the misdirection that he uses. He's, like, yeah. he's doing a classic off one of his old albums. He's hitting you with a different fucking punchline. Well, and like, and you're like oh, there's shit. there's some comedians like, too that have like such iconic bits, like Ron White's Tater Salad bit. I Hill, think, I think Kreischer's yeah, the machine. Man. Kreischer's the machine. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jeffries' Gun Control. You know, like there's there's a few bits that like because they're so fucking iconic and that was the thing that made that person pop, the audience actually does want to hear it. Yeah. And especially because then you you have the if if you're seeing it live, you're gonna see it different. Um the one problem that we have Dude, specifically with totally. Canadian comics is Canadian comics will record an album and then keep doing the material off that album. And the only time that I will do that yeah. is I, I took someone's advice and they were like if you get a like, if you've released an album recently and you're going to be headlining, fucking pull a couple of jokes from that album and then be like, by the way, those two jokes were on my album. Go check it out. And that's the only time that totally, I th- dude. that's when I think that works. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the that's so that's good though. That's like that's literally it. Like the your act is a commercial for your record <laughs> yeah at that point you're like yeah go to my fucking merch stand it's the almost the other way around where like our records are a commercial for our our live show mm-hmm. you wanna you because wanna that's where it. the money is for us like is the obvious i mean honestly for you too, yeah it's the two right it's 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 like, weird because like but, the uh, only wanna, thing that you, you really make money at with comedy is like the big corporate shows where you suck and you hate it and it's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, okay. So yeah. I want to ask one more question before we get into the album that we're going to be covering this week. Also, I oh, have man, a, a, a bit of an idea. Cause we were like, fuck it. If we run long, we run long. So maybe we do a part one and a part two of this, this podcast. Cause we're already an hour or something in. So yeah. Do we want to do a part one and a part yeah, two? We're, okay. So yeah, we'll split up the album. We'll make it a part two. And maybe we'll make the interview a part one. And release that on its yeah, own. Yeah, actually, let's do that. And nice. then, and then, uh, so you guys are going to be the first two episode guests. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I said, holy shit. I said to Spencer yesterday, I said, fuck it. If we run long, we run long. Yeah. I was like, I want to talk to these guys. So fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, we try to keep it around an hour, but like, it really doesn't bother me. We run long. I and honestly, I the album that we've picked is going to be one that we're all going to talk a lot <laughs> yeah, about because it's yeah. kind of like the album of our I fucking know. youth. So Definitely. All right. Uh, so my last yeah. question for you guys before we get into the second part. Uh, okay. First off, I have to say Perfect Stranger has been in my hype playlist for fucking years. And something that I really loved nice. about Boom Shakalaka specifically on the new record mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of perfect stranger in that like it starts off with oh. a little bit of air in between some of the notes and then it fucking goes real hard and then it go- it pulls back a bit and then it goes real fucking hard so uh what i was gonna cool. ask is like when you guys are making your music videos because i've watched all of them the what is like the number one thing that you go into uh, you know, knowing your songs, knowing your style, but then incorporating so much humor in your music videos. How do you go about that process? Oh man, we, I think it's just something we fucking did 
instinctively we're just like this has to be entertaining we're talking about commercials for the music video is a commercial yeah. for the song mm-hmm. right it's that's all it needs to be so it's just like as long as it's just stupid and fucking entertaining like it's 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 accomplishing its its purpose one one of the things like the hardest thing i would say so far has been trying to figure out where to start with the first single of the said batch Mm. on a music video because like Mm. our whole thing is we tend to universe all of our music videos (laughs) so like especially on this run like we're we're trying to dive into the last one the cinematic universe (laughs) the vcu yeah like literally dude yeah that's what we call it (laughs) yeah like it's 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 all in the same kind of realm so like once you get the first one written it's a little easier Mm. to be like hey what elements do we want to put into the next one and then how do we make this jump the shark as quick as possible (laughs) (laughs) just get more and more ridiculous yeah so so that kind of contributes to it but as far as like the first one start like it's usually from like a harebrained super stoned late night idea Mm. kind of thing like Brett and I will get together like one of the big think tanks for us, even for writing is where we are literally right now, which is we call it the beer couches. Brett and I have a few beers on the couch and, you know, we edit our music. We fucking write music videos and it starts with yeah. just really stupid shit. <laughs> totally. So that's that's usually where the first idea comes from. Well, totally. Then- but the yeah, dude, but the like, sorry to interrupt, but like the the instinct to make it funny is just like it's just it's just what we also want to do. Like, like, it's like, I mean, whatever. I've heard this quote a million times, but all musicians want to be comedians and all comedians want to be It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 dude, like, so like, there is such a tight knit thing there. It's just like, we, and we've recognized that we do have a bit of a knack for, for it. Like, so we want to choose our moment. We want to be able to flex that part of ourselves too. Like we want to be, we want to, write comedy and uh we're given this fucking automatic platform to like well you got to make social media posts and you got to fucking oh my god here comes a nip squeeze <laughs> you got to fucking uh make music videos like we have to do this shit so it might as well it might as well be it might as well be as funny as possible because it's the only thing as soon as we start to take ourselves seriously we uh Start, we, we we eat our own asses and we stay in bed for three days <laughs> <laughs> like we, well it feels disingenuous. i was gonna say it's like just even talking to you guys for the past little bit like it's pretty clear like your personalities shine through in your music videos like it's it's a it's that's certainly a skill in itself because a lot of bands make fucking music videos and they're like dreary and kind of fucking lame <laughs> like they, there's no focus on actually like yeah. showing the personality of the band and that's a part of I know that's a part of it as well. Like you guys do it well, so yeah. And and also, I gotta say this, dude. Nolan's Gilbert Gottfried is fucking incredible. <laughs> yes, fuck R-O-P. yes. The, the late Gilbert Gottfried. Come on, hum a few bars. Hum yes, a- of course. Hey, listen, if you want to come to town with my sister, <laughs> please buy us some flowers first. Jesus. Whatever you're going to do to her, I'm going to do to you. Okay? You see this? You know where it goes? Right up your fucking ass. Okay, that was that was too good. Like, that was eerie. Holy go. fuck, that was Gilbert's good. Here. Please say Aflax. This is a seance. 
Gilbert's with us today. Athletics. Yeah. You guys have no idea. Like, like I couldn't almost talk after this <laughs> for like two days. We're doing that shit, like fellas. Yeah, fellas. <laughs> yeah, mix that. You lost yourself in the role. Crystal meth. You are not gonna do very well. No, and you do have a nasty meth habit. I have a nasty meth habit. I inject it right oh, in the bag. Oh, dude. Right in the ball. You're in his air hole. I I yeah. like injecting methamphetamines. Mm. Yeah, man. Right in the gooch. Who doesn't? <laughs> right, right in, in the uh, perineum, as it's called. Perineum. Is that what the That's the scientific, scientific name, the name of the taint. Mm. That's good to know. I didn't know that. Oh. Learn something new wow. every day. This is an educational podcast, yeah. after all. I, I, we do okay. like to educate the I'll masses, especially as a Cornell University grad. Yes. <laughs> Grads. Yeah, yeah, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that hasn't graduated from Cornell in the, the podcast group. Uh, but you know. Okay, okay so uh, I think we're gonna uh, cap this one off here, yeah. and then we're gonna jump into episode two, part two with the vetoes. Yeah. Well. Well. Thanks everybody for listening. Let's this go. was fun. An this improv, was a an improv two part two. Yeah. So uh, we'll cue it up. Maybe take a piss. Awesome. Uh, and we'll be back. All right. Anal contusions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's Misfits on Vinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.